Hello and welcome to Opened Eyes Podcast. Today, Susan and I have a very special guest, Montrez Battle. Welcome, Montrez. Hello, hello. (laughs) We are so excited to have you. You have such an interesting story that I just can't wait to dive in and, and start talking about it. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay, so first of all, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Montrez Battle. I am a 35-year-old male. Um, I am the oldest brother of six children. Um, my mother is a pastor, and my father, he's an apostle. Um, yeah, so about me, let's see. So you grew up in the church? Yes, grew yeah. up in the church. Like, I mean... Yeah, I pretty much I've known church all my life. Um, was it a huge part of your growing up? Like, were you yeah, always it was. at church? It was. It was because my great grandmother, my great grandmother, like she was like the first missionary in one of our churches. Okay. Well, in the Church of God in Christ, Redeem, one of the mm-hmm. Redeemed Church of God in Christ. So she was like one of the first missionaries, and then of course that was my great grandmother. Then she had my grandmother, and then my mother. So like, yeah. So it's just like generation after generation. So you were born. So in the I church. was definitely <laughs> born in the church. Um, I actually love the church. Actually, like. I feel like it's a safe place. It's more so like a safe haven. Um, it's it, it 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 brings you back if if that makes sense. Um, you know, like with dealing it with the world and just knowing that you have that that relationship and that you know what I'm saying that love of people that yeah. you can go and just feel like you know what I'm saying like yes absolutely like yeah. nobody's gonna look at you sideways nobody's going to even if they do like who cares the next person you know what I'm saying like they're there there's somebody that's dealing with their own issues you know what I'm yeah. saying but like it's definitely a place where you can go and not feel like you're not wanted so like church definitely is home you know second home for you you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah for me it's your safe you know place. what I mean I yeah that. it that's is awesome. it's definitely a safe place so, Montrez, you um, lived the gay lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle, for a long time, and then got free of it, and mm-hmm. and now no longer do. And so, tell us about that. How did it just start? Do you feel like you were born that way? Do you feel like something happened to you know make you enter in? Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, no, first, I don't feel like I was born that, born gay. Um, I don't feel like that's something that a child even think of, think, thinks about coming out of the womb, you know, like if, you know what I'm saying? That's like mm-hmm. firsthand. When you think about born gay, you think about, okay, so that's something that you have to think about when you first enter the world. And that's the last thing that you're thinking about or is on your mind, like coming into the world. So no, I don't believe I was born gay. I do believe situations happen for people to think that they're, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the way that they should live their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I was at the age of six years old and I was um, homosexual raped by another guy. so that kind of opened my eyes to that lifestyle and thinking that it was right, but at the same time knowing it was wrong because I wasn't supposed to tell that it happened. Mm-hmm. So dealing with that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Dealing mm-hmm. with both sides of like, okay, we're not supposed to be doing this. This is wrong, but also it feels right. You know what I'm saying? So the the feel right kind of like overweighed the 
You know what I'm saying? We're not supposed to be doing this. Sure. Because, of course, like, at six years old, it's a lot of stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So And you probably didn't have the understanding. I didn't have understanding. the understanding. I was just more so the pleasure, the, ple- the feeling right. of what mm-hmm. I was getting that because the first time, the first time, it was definitely a good feeling mm-hmm. to, to for me to pursue it and keep going. Mm-hmm. And was this an older? It was an older person. person. Yeah, I was head? six. He was about 14, 13, something like that. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, your parents didn't know no. that it was happening. Mm-hmm. Mom, my mom didn't find out. I didn't feel comfortable with telling her until I was actually thirty. Wow. I didn't tell her. Okay. I didn't tell her until I was thirty, and I'm okay. thirty-five now. So. I mean, that's a very common thing that, yeah. that happened. That's when I accepted it. Is that, yeah, that you hide that because yeah. it's such a, it's yeah. such a difficult yeah. thing that you don't it was an embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing. Right. Um, it was also shameful. shameful. It was also like, I felt like my, it, it was my mom's fault. Like, I, I mean, I just blamed a lot of people. Was it in your home? That it wasn't. It was like, I mean, like, okay, so at this, around this time, I know I'm, because like my mom, she would go out to clubs and, you know, she was, she had her little friends that she would go out with. So her best friend brother is the person that okay. did this to so me. So it was a trusted person by your parents. They yeah. Didn't so she didn't think, right. To... So, so, right. So it's like, okay, we feel comfortable. Like we're all family. Like that's how I'm sure in my mom's head, that's how she felt. Like, we all feel me. I feel comfortable yeah. leaving him here. Like, your mom is my mom. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. so it's like that. So, so that was at six. That was at six. And at, obviously, at six, we don't really even know anything about sexual things. No. So you just knew it felt good. No. So then do you feel like you always then from that point on were sexually attracted to men? Most definitely. So you never even looked at girls as in a sexual way? I would say no, not in a sexual way, but in a very pretty way. Like, oh, she's very pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had I had girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but on the like a sexual lustful eye was for a male. For men. Do you think mm-hmm. that part of the reason why you found like a I'll just say a pleasure in it with the man was there was something other than a sexual component to it, was there like, just, was there just a te- like attention that he gave you? Um, was he nice to you or was it simply just? I think it was because it was more so more than once. Okay. So like, it wasn't like, okay, a one-time ordeal. Okay, move on with life. It was more so, okay, every time we go out on the weekends, we're going to drop the kids off here. And, okay. you know, so every time, mm-hmm. every, it was always a, it was so an it was ongoing being, like, thing. Reaffirmed right. So it was a, it was an ongoing over. thing. So you would say it was probably, like, this was going on for about maybe like two years. You know what okay. I'm saying? So that's a long time. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. You so, know? So then when you got into like middle school and high middle school. Middle school and high school. You were being attracted to I was to attracted to that because that's what I was introduced to. Like that was my first encounter, you know? Mm-hmm. Although I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. Like, like I knew it was wrong because every sen- every single time of those, within those two years, it was, we can't tell. We, if we can, we took, we find, right. we can not, we getting beats. We going to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he made it seem so horrifying to the point where it's like, okay, I'm not going to tell, but we, we can keep on doing this. So being that you were raised in the church and, you know, your mother, your grandmother, all of them, would not you know they're not accepting of that lifestyle at what point did you openly live gay 
Um, my first year of high school. My first year of high school. Um, middle school was kind of like a more so like I was being bullied, of course, because I was feminine, and like I, a lot of people come to me and ask me, "Are you gay? You gay? You gay?" And of course, my answer was no. You know, no, 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 no. And um, when I got to high school, it was just a. I was at a place where okay people aren't going to have to ask me because they're going to already know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that was my mindset. So the way I carried myself, right. the way I would dress, um, you know, and things like that, it was just like, okay, well, it was no need to ask me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people that I hung up, my my, my best friend at that time, you know, he was gay. Um, so we was just like, we, it was just us two. Like, we ran to school. Like, we was just, every time we, it was just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's how we felt. We felt like we ran to school. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, that's when I kind of took off, you know, I started, you know, going to the clubs, um, you know, just living a real fast lifestyle, um, um, because I felt like, you know, I was grown, like, I felt so like. you say you were, like, dressing, you weren't dressing as a woman at that I point. I wasn't trans. Just... I wasn't, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, at that point, because I did live a trans. A, a, a trans lifestyle at one point but it wasn't at that point it was just more so like you know just tight fitted jeans you know look belly mm-hmm. shirts you know stuff like that yeah um long hair like and things like that so like it wasn't a, a question like you didn't have to it was a more effeminate style it was a more feminist a more feminine a feminist yeah. style yeah so that's when i kind of got introduced to like gay clubs the ballroom scene um and things like that. It's just like the underground where like underground gays go and party and like different competitions and stuff like that. So it's just like the community. Okay. So I got introduced to the community. And then once I got introduced to the community, blew my mind. I was just like, oh my God, this is this is fun. This is everything. Like, you know, so what I'm you saying? had a, a sense of acceptance within the community. Within the community. And fellowship within the community. And, right. Just and, like and you're accepted and people are just like okay church. with that. Yeah. Just like just like you know just like church but but <laughs> it's just, yeah. just just like just like church but you know what I'm yeah. saying like you got within the community is so different though because you have a lot of people that has been rejected from their yes. families. Yeah. So they still can't accept each other. And they still, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like in that community, it was just like, I've seen so much demonic spirits in it on the outside because like I'm raised in the church. Like I know. So you recognize I know. It. I recognize. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, but still, yeah, I'm still, I'm game. Like, you know, I'm still putting myself around these people. I'm still, you know, I'm still here. What do you think you were... This is going to sound like a weird question, maybe, but what do you think you were searching for within that? Was it just in that time? Was it just the It was the a timing of- thing. It was a feeling because it wasn't like I was looking for love. It wasn't like I was being rejected from my family or any of those things because okay. I wasn't. I was always able to go home. I was always, you know what I'm saying, okay. able to call my mom, ask her if I needed something. I was always able to do whatever I needed to do with my family because I wasn't rejected. So it wasn't a thing of me being in the community for love or safety or assurance or any of that. Okay. It was just fun. Fun. You it was what I it was it. it was it was it was it, it went back to me being six years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what happened to me at six years old and it not just being a one time thing. Mm-hmm. So with that, it just kind of led up to like, okay, 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 okay. I found somebody like me. Once I found someone that was like me, okay, we click, and then we kind of adventured. Like, okay. you know, he found 
other friends. I found other friends. We clicked. You know what I'm saying? So it just was like it was like a tree branching. You know what right. I'm saying? So then once I was about 16, 17, um, a lot of people was in my ear like, oh, you look like a female. Like you're you could be a very passable girl, like da 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 da, like, you know, just in the third. So I'm I'm like, what? You know. Mm-hmm. So I went to my first ball and I went to a ball and then that's when I just started seeing a whole bunch of drag queens and what's a ball? Yeah, you Okay, so a ball is just like like I said, it's just like the community. They come together and there's like a judge panel. They have a judge panel and they have different categories. So you're dressing up. So right. So so different they have like different categories. So like they have like a dance category, they have like a runway category, they have like um a best dress category. They have like a female figure category, like a realness category, like a man that dressed like a like a woman. And if he's he passable like in the real in the real day in the real world. So you'll have a panel that will judge two people. So you'll walk up, you get your tens. If you're past if they give you tens, you stand to the side. If they chop you, that means you walk away because they don't see, you know. Okay. So that's basically the strategy. Get your tens or get chopped. Okay. Once you get your tens, you battle. Once you're in the battle zone, it's two and two, a head on head. So I'll be standing against another person dressed as a woman, just like me. Okay. And then the judges will pick which one looked more like a real girl. Or a real woman. Right. Okay. So it's like a game, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That you're mm-hmm. in, and all different prizes, different money, like thousands of dollars and stuff okay. like that. So like that's to draw people in. Right. Like you thinking like, oh my God, like I can go to the Kroger's and, you know, and nobody clock me and nobody know that I'm a man. So it's like, okay, I'm going to use the same strategy in the ballroom scene and I'm going to go get this $2,000 for my category because I know I'm passable. Okay. So that's what, you and know. I've seen pictures. I mean, you had what looked like real breasts yeah i don't even know yeah. how that works yeah but you know long manicured nails yeah, yeah. short mini skirt yeah I mean, yeah long weave like i made myself to the point where it's like okay if i'm going if, if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it to the point of where it's perfection you know what i'm yeah. saying and like i said that all it was all introduced to me yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah. it, it, it wasn't so then once i started living this lifestyle it was consistent. Every day I would, have, I would have to give up, get up and live my life as a girl. And it's just like. No, were you living at home during that time? No, 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 no. This was after high this school. Was, no, this was like this. I dropped out of high school. Okay. I didn't finish high school because I was so in the streets. Like I was okay. out there, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like. For me, I wasn't going to school. Um, like in the eleventh grade, I told my grandma, I was like, "Grandma, it's just not for me. Like, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to okay. do school." Like, and she was just like, "I mean, it's your decision. It's your choice. Whatever you want to do." But she also said after that, she was just like, "I know for a fact that you know, what I'm saying you're gonna make it. Like, what if you don't? You know, I was like, because I was, uh, I started working at the age of fourteen when I was able to get my learn my workers permit. I started working. Okay. So I was basically, you know not taking care of myself but taking care of myself once i started working because i was able to buy myself weed i was able to buy myself cigarettes i was able to go out do it i didn't have to ask my mom my grandma i didn't have to ask nobody for no money right. you know what i'm saying how so, old were you when you dropped out of high school i was 16 17? and then you went at that point to at that point on your by yourself at that point i was just like you know like i was just from friend to friend house 
sleeping, whatever friend let me stay the longest. I was living there. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I was back home. I was in and out home because all my things was at my mom's house, like my clothes. Yeah. So I was in and out. I was like, okay, hey, mom. Hey, how y'all doing? Get my stuff. I'm out. So I have a question about that. I have a question about that, too. I think it might be the same <laughs> So, you know, you have told me that, you know, even though your mom was in the church and, and all that, it she never accepted your lifestyle. You always mm-hmm. felt loved. Mm-hmm. You always felt cherished mm-hmm. by her, but she never just accepted you as a gay man. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've heard her say, just like I didn't allow my kids to cuss around me, I didn't let Montrez come dressed mm-hmm. like a girl mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's true. Right. So she never seen me. She never seen me fully, fully dragged out. No. She never seen me fully drag out. She she would know. Like, I think she'd know. Because, like, it was times I would take her stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is Ray, mom's closet. Right. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, she would know. Like, okay, nobody's taking my stuff but money. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, so I feel like those things was clicking to her. Like, okay, I think he's out here doing this. Like, this is why, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. so I've never came to her and was like, oh, mom, this is what I'm doing. Oh, mom, this is what I'm doing. I just. So she didn't like put it in her face you, or anything Mm-mm. like that. She knew, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but you respected her enough to not do that because you knew she didn't agree right. with it. Right. But you you always knew she loved you. Right, Even right, right. I feel like that's a, you know, I feel like parents, a lot of parents, you know, are, are going through this, right? Mm-hmm. Their kids are, are saying they're gay or they're trans or mm-hmm. whatever. And I feel like society has kind of put out there, well, you're not a good parent unless you love and accept mm-hmm. what your kid is saying that they are. Mm-hmm. So would you agree or disagree? I mean, do you appreciate that your mom never, you know, just kind of accepted that and always kind of held a biblical worldview, you know, where you were yes, concerned? Yes, I do. I mean, because like, I even like, as long as I remember, I always, what her mom would say, like, you know, like, I put God first before anything. So, you know what I'm saying? So like, for her to even still love me in the process of that, and yes, not accept, you know what I'm saying, what I choose to do with my lifestyle, but at the same time, I do think that she knew it. Well, that's your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to choose and make that decision. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's something that you want to do. But yes, she, I do but love she you. She didn't say But she oh, didn't Montre, say you oh no. Make it into heaven no, 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 no. I mean, no, 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 no. She was very no. honest with you about yeah. what the Bible said mm-hmm. and, and what how she She felt didn't sugar hope. No. Yeah. It but wasn't did she no sugar. She talked to you about the biblical world all the time of, of the all the time lifestyle. and i feel like that's why the conviction was so so strong. so strong with me and so heavy because she will call me just certain randomly before i would oh, yeah. go do certain things you don't need to do that like like i'm like what like, <laughs> how does she know how did you know this? Like, what are you mom. what are you what are you what and a random text yes. message don't go like what <laughs> because you know she was in prayer right her and, and my grandmother, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was and your great grandmother, and, and my great grandmother. Like it was like you had some I got arrested. Women I got arrested. I got arrested one time before, um, in drag. Like I've met this guy, um, and I went to go see him. This was around Hill Hillside Projects, um, but it wasn't in the projects. It was like in the house in the mm-hmm. housing area and um, testimony. 
God is so good. <laughs> so um, so even when you're in your mess, your mess, your mess, your mess. Yes. That's what yes, I love yes, 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 yes. And when you can mess. recognize, yes. So that's that, when you that know nobody but God. That wasn't nobody yeah. but God. Nobody okay, but so God. so I met this guy and um picked him up and as soon as I picked him up, less than like 15, 20 seconds, police pulled me over. And they stopped me and it was like, um, they walked up to the car, they was like, Excuse me, ma'am. I'm like, yes. They like, um, do you know why we pulled you over? I'm like, no, I'm not sure. They was like, Well, you have a tail light out and you're in a red light zone. I guess because I was in the project. I was in the okay. area, so they called that like the red light zone. Okay. It's like her prostitutes. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I was like, mm, okay. They was like, um, and we smelled aromatherapy or weed. So we had to search the car. And I was like, okay, okay. I was like, well, I don't have any weed. I don't have any drugs because I didn't. I don't have anything. So the guy that I had picked up had threw like a bag of drugs on my side of the car, like in the past, like on the on the floor. Okay. And, had and no, you hadn't seen him do it? I didn't see him do it. Oh so gosh. at this point, I'm outside talking to the police officers and everything while they're searching the car. And then he comes to me and he's like, okay, ma'am, well, we found this because I'm, I'm, I'm in drag. Yeah. So they're like, okay, ma'am, so we found this and I'm looking like, what is that? And they like, um, so you don't know what this is? I'm like, no, I have no idea what that is. Um, they was like, well, it looks like it's cocaine and it's this um this distribute to sell. And I'm like, I don't sell drugs. I was like, I don't do drugs. I was like, he had to put that in my car because you know I don't. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not my my fingerprints is not even on that. Mm-hmm. And then um, so they was like, well, you um, so that's when they started, you know, well we're gonna have to arrest you. Da 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 tested you have um you whatever they say when they put the hand right to remain yes <laughs> all that they all that so they get all that at this point i'm bawling i'm crying i'm like oh my god this is the worst like how am i gonna tell my mom this look what i have on like right. all of that was it's just all like, coming together it's all coming together this is the time this yeah. is the time right here where yeah. like this is it where i'm gonna have to just spill the beans to everything so i got arrested i went down there the first person i called was my great grandma I didn't even call my mama. I didn't even call my grandmother. I called my great grandmother. And I called her. And as soon as I got on the phone with her, she just started praying. And she was just like, I knew, she was like, before you call me, I knew this is what was happening to you. And I'm like, well, I'm on the phone just crying. I'm like, well, uh, uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but it won't matter. And she's like, just tell, tell me the story, what happened. And I started telling her what happened. And then she was just like, you're going to be fine. She was like, you're going to be okay. But just know this is a lesson learned. Okay, so I got a bond. I got out. I had to go to court. Got a lawyer. Once The lawyer that I was trying to get, they wanted $7,000 from us. But he was like, okay, I'll take something for right now to, you know, represent you. I'm like, okay. So we gave him $500. And the $500 was for him to test get the labs back from the results to see was it cocaine. Got the labs back and it was baking soda. No way. Baking soda. <laughs> baking soda. So we in the we in the court just like I'm like, oh my God, 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 this so um, I asked the lawyer, I said, so what we gotta do now? This he was like, well being that it's baking soda, nine times out of ten, they're probably gonna drop it. Um but then it was, I think it was another charge or something, but I can't remember what the other charge was. But either way, so we went in there and then the lawyer, I mean, they called me up 
or whatever the, the lawyer said what mm-hmm. he said and then he was like oh well yeah we just have to dismiss that throw that out because this man this is a waste what of time so so he threw it out i walked away as a free man the lawyer came back to me he was like and don't even worry about the rest of the money so he only got paid five hundred dollars like he and wasn't some of that went to the testing so he was just like he was just like wow. and i was and my my grandma went with me to court so now not my great grandma, not my great grandma. My grandma went with me to court. My mama didn't go. My great my grandma went. Told her she said she was praying, and it was just like you know, it was an eye opener. You know what I'm saying? It was a wake up call, and it was just like I love your family's reaction. So first of all, your great grandmother. Here you are in a situation that most parents, grandparents, whoever would get that phone call, and they would be absolutely mortified. Mm-hmm. But your grandmother just responded to you in love. Yeah, and, and pray. Assurance and in prayer. Yeah. Like, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't no panicking. It was like nothing. Yeah. Didn't just... she say, like, the Lord had already told her? Yeah. Right? She was like, I mean... she was like, she had this. She's like, I knew you was about to call yeah. me. Yeah. And like, for, for her to say that on the phone, and I'm like, I didn't even question it. I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because if you're praying to God, God is going to reveal things to you as well. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if she's praying, if, if you're praying for me, God is going to let you know that or give you that feeling that something is happening to me at that moment. The power of a praying parent yes. or a grandparent. Because, I, I mean, I've, I've had that happen with my own kids, you know, like God reveals something you get to an, me You get something, them. yeah. Yeah. And, it, you, and you may not know exactly what it is, but you know they're coming with something. something. And it's like, okay, I mm-hmm. knew. So that's how it was. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she told my mom. And I didn't talk to my mom until I got out of out of the Four. holding cell. Okay. The holding cell because she I they, my grandma was like, Do you got a bond? I was like, Yeah, so they got the bond. They they did all that. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, I was getting out. So they must have took talk to my mama and everything and got How old were you when that when that happened? I was in my twenties. I was about twenty four. Still obviously actively living. Yeah, yeah. I was I was yeah, I was it, it, trust me, in order for me to go to the project area to pick up a guy, I had to be <laughs> comfortable with I was deep in it. You hear me? Like, I was deep in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was comfortable at that point. So, I did. So, I had my first um, really, really, that was that. Was that. But then I had another encounter where um, I was on my deathbed um, from taking hormones. I started taking hormones. Um, Doctor prescribed? No. Uh, this was Female like, hormones. This is Female like hormones from the, the street. street. Right. Oh from the Lord. other, tra- you know, from, yeah. yeah, you know, I want to look like you where you get your stuff from. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? So I was able to pay for it and I got it. I was in Philadelphia right before a ball, took a, um, took a couple of hormone pills and I was feeling, I started feeling real sick and um, I had to go to the ER but I didn't go to the ER until I got back to Virginia. I still walked the ball, did all, I did all of that. You know, I'm just thinking like, okay, it's just messing with me eat. So I felt okay. But then when I got back to Richmond, that's when I got really, really sick. I had to go to the ER and they, you know, they questioned me, they asked me questions in there and they like, so ma'am, da 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 this and then the third. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm like, I'm not a ma'am, I'm a sir. You know, I was like, I'm a sir. She was like, huh? I was like, yeah, I'm a sir. I was like, I take hormones. She was like, are you taking prescribed hormones? I was like, no. 
she was like, okay, we have to do some lab work. So they hurry up and start, they they started doing lab work. And then they, when she came back and she told me, she was just like, I'm so glad you came in here because if you would have consist- considered taking those hormones uh, with high blood pressure, then, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have made it. And I was just like, God. And at that point in the hospital before she even came back to me, I was talking to God and I was like, God, if you get me out of this situation, I would never do this again. I wasn't specific. <laughs> when I talked to God, I, I won't do this. Like, I won't do, 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 do this anymore. I, it wasn't even the hormones, but I know in my mind Gosh. it was. I was. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't live this girl lifestyle. Anymore. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't even God. I won't be messing with guys anymore. Like it was just a part. I, this part of it, I'll give you. I'm this not part, gonna do this, this part. Of yeah. So. And it wasn't a mind. It was just specifically thinking on that Mm -hmm. because I know that's what I was in there for. Of course, God forgive me for all my sins Mm -hmm. because that's what my prayer was when I was praying. But it was, God, I won't do this again. Mm -hmm. You know? The transgender part. Yeah. So so after that, that's when I just went back to being Montreal. I was no longer Michaela. I was Montreal. All right, so from that point on, you were no longer Michaela. You were Montrez, but mm-hmm. you were still gay Montrez. You were still living the gay mm-hmm. lifestyle, mm-hmm. and that was in your 20s. Mm-hmm. At, how old were you when you finally fully walked away from the gay lifestyle? Um, 33. 33. So, like, two years ago. Yeah, it's been going on two years. Maybe three now. What? This be the third tent third, revival? Yeah. yeah. So it was the tent revival mm-hmm. at the church where you felt like you were fully delivered. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that experience? With, so the experience itself, I really don't remember. I do remember the deliverance taking place. Um, I just knew that God just transitioned me from that day forward. And I just had a different perspective on life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And just the experience that I had with him, God himself, mm-hmm. it was just different. Tell us about that. I don't know. It was just like it was just like so much weight was lifted off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Had you been asking him to deliver you from mm-hmm. homosexuality? Yes, of course. Every okay. day so I was, that was every day that was my prayer, wake up, Lord forgive me. Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, take this. I take this away. God, this is so nothing. So you were asking him to like, take it away. From yes, you. in yes. the midst of the lifestyle. In the midst of the fully lifestyle. invested yes. in the lifestyle. Yes. You still, yes. in your heart. Yes, that to was me. my true prayer. Like oh, that was that was my. And prayer. you didn't feel like you could do it on your own. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like nobody can do it on their own. Like you a true addiction, saying? a true something like that. I feel like a yeah. A I feel like deliverance is what has to take place, and then that relationship with God is what's going to help you, you know what I'm saying? Go To walk it out. It's like a drug addict, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they don't have God and they just seek for, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, going to get treatment and stuff like that. Like, you still have to, to you're going to come right back to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's easier to do it that way if you're not, like, with God, you know what I'm saying? Like, praying, reading the scripture, you know what I'm saying? being around like-minded people, church family, you know so what I'm saying? So do you feel like when you say you were delivered, do you feel like from that moment on you had no attraction to men or do you feel like you had a control over them? I had a control. I had a control over, and when I say a control thing, because I didn't let it, I didn't let what I thought, thought of a man kept going. So if I had that thought of, oh my God, he's, 
He fine. It's a quick Lord for Lord. You know, that's not who that's I'm not thinking. Who. That thought capsule. That, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Because the quick, the same time, the same thought that I thought about it is the same thought that I thought about God too. You know what I'm saying? So okay. it was a quick. Whereas before those thoughts just totally yeah. captivated you, mm-hmm. you really didn't and have I just to control it. Exactly, them. exactly. Yeah, it was so. It, it was, and then you know, I had to put myself on a account day. Like you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me like, okay, you're gonna get through this if you remind yourself every day by counting up. So you were keeping track of days, and you were uh-huh. of it. right. So once I got to 200, God, He said He that He gave me He gave me a number, and I stopped at 200. And then after 200, it was just like a breath of fresh air because like mm-hmm. I knew at that point like I'm good. Like I don't have attraction for men. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was really tapped into who I was as a person and getting to know me, loving me. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. like well, I think so much. I of- let go of so much like friends. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. talking to nobody. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was really with my family all the time. Like, so I you wasn't didn't working. have to cut off the the relationships in mm-hmm. your life that would try to pull you yeah. back. I mean, it's not like you felt like, oh, I'm so strongly out of this that I I can still be friends with all these people mm-hmm. and not get pulled back in. Right. You, right. You, you know, like an alcoholic probably shouldn't go hang out at a bar. What a, yeah. Right. Right. What, why are you going to the bar if you don't drink? Right. Right. <laughs> you just want to go. Why are you going to sit at the bar if you don't drink? You're just inviting the temptation. Yeah. So it's like one of those things is like, why am I going to go to a gay club if I'm not gay? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you have to let go of those things that keeps you holding on to something that you're trying to let go of. Mm-hmm. So you feel like the deliverance was God freed you of it, mm-hmm. but now it's you that has to continue to walk yeah, in that freedom. Yeah, of course, of course. It, it it takes it takes God delivering you from it, and then it takes you being accountable of the things that you know because you know you've been freed from it. Right. So it's like, okay, I've been free from that guy. So it's like, I cannot go to that. You have to talk to that spirit because that's all it was. It was the spirit. So like when it comes up, you got to remind yourself, like, that's not where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Because like, it's still up to this day. It's still, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll still come up. And I'm like, God, that's not like, that's just the enemy trying to bring up my past or trying to remind me of where I used to be. But I know where I'm at now and I know how my life has revolved so much now than where it, what it was doing then. Cause it was like no benefits. Like I had, I was reaping no benefits. You weren't satisfied. Right. Or fulfilled, or fulfilled at all. No, and I was ashamed. Like I was, I was ashamed. I was scared to come around. You know what I'm saying? Just because I was comfortable in the community. So I think that goes back to, it speaks to whatever sin you want to fill in the blank with. Um, from, I, we've talked before on the podcast that for me it was drinking. So a lot of times we we tend to look to the world, what the world has to offer, mm-hmm. to fulfill that need that only God and Jesus can place in our hearts. So mm-hmm. I had the love of alcohol. Like that was a sin that easily entangled me. Like right. it was something that I desired. Right. And you may or may not have even had that desire. Right. But for me, that, that was, was something. That was, that, was, that was my thing. That was right. my stronghold because it spoke to a piece of brokenness within mm-hmm. me that mm-hmm. I was covering up or I you thought was I was like, I was able to cope with it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was fun, you know, cause I mm-hmm. think, um, we had talked before, like I had a fear of 
you know, rejection. rejection. Right, right. So I felt like it was how I fit in. So when we then look to God, like you did, you are filled in different ways, right. and satisfied in different ways. Right. Can you talk more on, mm-hmm. on that, on the last two years about how God has helped to fulfill and satisfy what you yeah. were longing for? Yeah. Which was my business. Like, um, like I've always been into like wardrobe fashion, like styling and stuff like that, but I wasn't able to focus on those things because I was so sidetracked. I was mm-hmm. so, you know, into, you know, I'm saying the homosexual lifestyle and not really thinking about what I wanted. So I feel like when the deliverance took place, it just, like I said, it gave me a sense of like a whole bunch of weight that was lifted off and I was able to kind of like focus on myself and what Montreal want and what I can do, you know what I'm saying, to, you know what I'm saying, to be happy. And that's when I really started focusing on like wardrobe and focusing on like, you know, my business and what I want to do. And you've really seen it take off. And see yeah. how like God has really been putting people in my corner, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, supportive wise, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, and that's the biggest thing, you know, it's like good energy that I've just been surrounding myself with. So I've been seeing that. And then also just my relationship with God, you know, how I'm able to hear him, you know what I'm saying? Or how I'm able to talk to him or how I'm able to say a prayer and then like recognize it and then say, God, only you did that. Like, I know you did that, God. You know what I'm saying? Just because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, And it's, you know, any sin in our life really keeps a distance between us and God. Not that, not mm-hmm. that he's ever left us, but it hinders the blessing the, and the relationship, Everything. right? Yeah. And so once Everything. you get that sin out of your life, it really, you really see the mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord yeah. blossom and open up and strengthen and right. you can hear him clear mm-hmm. and you can see the blessings he's bringing to you. And, right. You know, just and that's for any sin. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's for anybody, like anybody to that, have ever experienced the whole deliverance uh, mm-hmm. process, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, knowing how different you feel, because it's a different feeling. I think it can just be a way that shows how much God loves you. Right, when right. When he manifests his mm-hmm. presence in su- such mm-hmm. a way that he frees you, because mm-hmm. it says there's freedom mm-hmm. in the Lord. And I think that is, um, when you've experienced that, mm-hmm. You want to honor that yeah. and respect it and continue to walk. And you take and you take God's love to a different level than what you were seeing it before. Because mm-hmm. it's like you think about it like, okay, when you was in the world, you would just only call on him for like when you was like getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So like now it's just like a consistent thing where you just mm-hmm. talk to him all the time. You want to be led and it's like, by yeah, him. Right. And yeah. you're not just acknowledging him at one simple thing you're acknowledging right. him at all that or you're when doing. you're in trouble you're actually asked that's the only time guidance mm-hmm. and his leadership in your life for all mm-hmm. aspects not mm-hmm. just when you're and you into know, another thing too help. like another thing too i've noticed too like it's easier to pray mm-hmm. than in you know what i'm saying it's easy to pray it's easy to talk to god when when you're in it than when you're not in it because like when i was in the world and i would pray it'll be a quick prayer. Like it it will be, it wouldn't- A transactional prayer. A Lord, quick, do this for me. <laughs> a real quick one, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But now it's just more so like, I can really talk to God. Like I could talk to him for about, if I wake up, you know what, I can talk to, I can go for like 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like on how, 
you know, pacing back and forth, like, you know what I'm saying, crying, like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's different, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and I just see, I just see the world different now, you know what I'm saying, I'm praying, I'm asking God for what I want, and I'm being more specific, you know what I'm saying, as when I was then, because it's just like, I feel like in the world, I feel like I was talking, talking to myself, right. I don't know if, like, y'all ever felt that way, like, yeah. back then, like, just praying, like, a quick prayer and just feel like, okay, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> like, let me hurry and get this prayer out. Well, and, you know, I I don't feel like I had the stronghold of, of alcohol like Susan did, but that's one of the reasons why I've decided not to drink. Because even if I have one or two drinks, mm-hmm. I feel like it separates me from God. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can reach him. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking as mm-hmm. clearly, mm-hmm. you know, and not that I'm thinking about alcohol all the time or, you know, feel like I really need it. But when I do partake, I, mm-hmm. I feel that way. Like mm-hmm. it's something that's separating yeah. me from him. And just mm-hmm. like if, if, you know, I'm the only adult in my house and, and I'm responsible for the kids, I wouldn't drink in case somebody needed to be taken to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I always want to be able to get to God. I always want to be able to call on him. I never want mm-hmm. anything to hinder my prayers, mm-hmm. you know? And when I've had even, you know, two glasses of wine, I feel like... You feel it. Yeah, yeah. you feel You, you feel, feel it. the difference. You definitely feel it. And it's like, and that's why it's an addiction. Everything, like how things can be called, like the smallest thing can be an addiction. Right. You know what I'm saying? And with that, with that addiction, it's just like you putting that before God. You know what I'm saying? That's something that you're going to honor... You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gonna, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's some, when you get off work, you like, oh, I gotta make it to the ABC store. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you gonna make it on time too because you are gonna make it before they close. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like and then they close, you try to you find any by any means necessary to get what you need. You know that's what I'm right. saying? So that's just like what it is, and I feel like that's how it should be with God. You know what I'm saying? People should be that saying you need by any means necessary. You know what I'm saying? You need to get what you need from Him. Yeah, you know that's what right. I'm saying? And now that like I'm so close with my family now, because like I said, we I've always been close to them, but like this is the closest I've always been. And like now they're complaining now, like because I have a job and they feel like, oh well, we're not seeing you that much. And then I'm like, okay, well now because I'm working now, you know what I'm right. saying? So <laughs> they like, miss you. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's it's just that well, you gotta know the difference between like family, you know what I'm saying? Cause like family is what you really, really need. You know right. what I'm saying? Like the world, okay, yeah, the world, they can love on you, like, you know what I'm saying? But yes, like family, we need family. You know what I'm saying? Like we really do need we family. We need people in our lives who will speak life and truth mm-hmm. and encouragement and love. And just like parents who sometimes have to get on their kids or say, that's not right. You you know, you don't want people in your life that are always blowing smoke. You right. want people in your life who will hold you accountable. Exactly. And and, and that's what love and is. And that's what love. And that's what. And, love and, is. And, and yeah. And that's why I said. And that's why I said like, cause like now, my family they know when something is not right. Like a little off on me, and they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. and they be trying, and I just sometimes I'm like. Well, we're just telling you because, you know, we want you to make it to heaven or we are, well, you know, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. I respect it. Yeah. I really do yeah. respect you know it's it. coming from a place of love. I really do respect it. Yeah. I do. I do. It's not, it's not me even looking at it like mind your own business, like, it's such or a why you all up in my business. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because like, that's the first thing, you know, we, we, us as humans, we always think, tend to think that people's in our business when it comes to like the church folks, but it don't be that. It just be like, you know, I'm trying to keep you, you know what I'm saying, entanglement. Yeah. What, Cause I what already would know. What would you say 
to someone who is listening that let's say is either living an actively homosexual lifestyle or just feels like they're constantly having thoughts about homosexuality and they feel like they were made that way, that there's no way out. You know, what would you say to them based on your experience? I would say, honestly, I I feel like don't feel like you have to be a follower. You know what I'm saying? I would would say be more so a leader because I felt like, I feel like even now with me, I feel like I still be having some homosexuals in my inboxes. Like, how did you do it? Like, what Mm -hmm. did you do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I tried so hard. And the first thing I would ask them is, okay, do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? And majority of them would probably, majority of them would be like, no, that's the first step. That that will be the first step. The first step is to try to get in a place where you can find somebody to either pray for you, pray with you, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, talk to you about, talk, talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. win a soul, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I feel like I'm here for. I feel like I'm here for my testimony is strong enough to let people know that they can definitely overcome the homosexual lifestyle if they feel like they want to do it. Now, if you don't want to do it, you know what I'm saying? That's your personal choice, you know? And that's something that you feel like, you know, you don't want to do. But I will say that it is a sin, you know? And that that really kind of what you said, like, if they don't want to do it, that's another thing. That takes me to Romans 1, 24 through about 29, where it says, therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts Mm -hmm. to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator Mm -hmm. who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so they do what ought not to be done. So I just feel like, you know, this is saying what God speaks in his word is the truth. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to exchange it for a lie, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have a depraved mind. He's going to give you over and you're just going to be in that lifestyle. It's a reprobated mind. Yeah. You have to know that the Bible is true. He's not trying to be a killjoy. Mm -hmm. He sets, you know, limits and parameters to protect us and mm-hmm. to to show us the best way. And I just feel like, like, that's just like, you know, they say what they say is a mindset is a terrible thing to lose. Like, once your mind is there and that deep to the point where it's just like, you're really accepting that this is what it is and knowing that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not right. It's just like... And you... you we're like never there. It sounds like no. you totally lived it. No, you for Mm-mm. for God. I was a long I was time, I, right. I was I, like you know like the rainbow flag. That that's what you the heard. rainbow flag represents gay. Mm-hmm. You know which that's not what it represents. But of course that's what the gays use it for. I no, I never would pride myself to wear gay colors or you know participate in anything that was representing the fact that it was pride. 
You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, I was in the gay clubs and I was doing all that. But once it was something that, okay, gay people come together happily knowing that this is gay pride, we're happy to be gay, that was something that I did not attend. Okay. Because, because your mindset was never there. A lot of people, these man, a lot of people that is here, mindset is on, you know, there's no turning back. Like, this right. is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm accepting this. My mindset was not there. So I wasn't going to be there because, like, this is pride. Like, y'all so happy to be gay. I'm not, this, that's not where I'm right, at. Right. Even you know what I'm you saying? Were actively yeah. living it and right. participating right. in all the things. It was just so much conviction that I dealt with. You know what I'm saying? In the homosexual lifestyle that I thought if I didn't do this, my mind would still be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was still certain things that I didn't act on as a homosexual mm-hmm. being in the lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's interesting. It just, I just mm-hmm. never titled myself. You never, yeah, I think when we were talking- It never became your identity. Right. When we were talking about this before, you know, I said something about you being gay and you're like, well, I was never gay. And I was like, Montrez, you lived and you said, yeah, that's how I acted. That was my lifestyle, but I never fully accepted the identity Mm -hmm. of being Mm -hmm. a gay man, Mm -hmm. Uh, which was- To the world, yes, I was. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and to- you know, to God, yes, I was. You know what I'm saying? To the devil, yes, I was. But right. me personally, it was just something that I wasn't accepting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't accepting, you know, that. Mm-hmm. So once I knew that I wasn't accepting accepting it, I knew God was dealing with me in a whole nother, you know, perspective in the mm-hmm. lifestyle. Because everything that I would do, I felt the conviction or I felt God doing something for to remind me that okay, you keep doing this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this morning come before destruction. Like I didn't give you time after time after time, and you still, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a good and loving God. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna make sure that if you want it, you want it. Yeah. That's right. And I didn't give you time after time after time. Wow. So you can't say that it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't there for you to eat because right. mm-hmm. it was there. Wow. Well, Montrez, I am just so thankful that you have the courage to tell your story and the testimony. And um, I just love you to pieces. I really do. You are just such a genuine brother in Christ. And I just appreciate you so much. And I want to let everybody know that if you need some styling done, this is the man to do it for you. Mm -hmm. He is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can look up, up look him up for just styling. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, but he really has a talent for that, a God-given talent for that. And um, we just love and pre- appreciate you so much, Montrose. Thank you, Thank you so for much being for here having today. Me. I really do appreciate it. I really do. I had a good time.